What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud up. What do you got? Well, guys, um, I'm not a fan of anything pumpkin spice. I'm not, I don't do this pu- uh, pumpkin I'm with spi- you. Thank you. I was like, I know yeah. I was going to get heat, but I don't care. No, bro. Oh, no. I, pumpkin spice, go, go, enough. Get out of here with pumpkin yeah. spice. I mean, when November comes around and you start going to Starbucks and everything is pumpkin spice, I'm like, ugh, who drinks pumpkin spice? Weird people. <laughs> bro, like, it's a thing. Like, it it's is. so funny. So I like watching... Um, um, last week tonight with John Oliver every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, you know, he always does, if you watch the show, he does these things called, uh, and now this or whatever. And it's always, he loves making fun of local, local news. So, and so he does these recurring bits about local news and how they get all giddy about certain things. And he did one about them. Uh, uh local news loves pumpkin spice. And it was literally like every anchor in like all these different cities going, pumpkin spice is back, you know? And it, it was just <laughs> hilarious. It's like, yo, enough, like pumpkin spice. We get it. You know? But I do like pumpkin pie. Oh, I don't like pumpkin pie either, either bro. Oh, I don't like pumpkin pie. I don't like pumpkin pie at all. all of it. Not yeah, even pumpkin seeds, and those things are good for you. The only thing I will eat from the pumpkin is a seed, and it's in an um, acai bowl. That's it. Like that's the only yeah. place I can. Eat. But calabaza. So, yep. So, calabaza, calabaza. Cada uno para su casa. <laughs> that's what my mom that's used what to tell me. My mom used to say when, she, when my mom friends used to say to go too, home. Which is so weird. My mom used to yeah, say that. Yeah, so time. weird that your mom, Mrs. Kaplan, <laughs> would say that. She'd tell my friends, "Calabaza, calabaza, cada uno pa su casa." You gotta go. That's what it meant. <laughs> that means it, 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 it's time to leave. Yep. Get back to get your ass back home. Yep. Where's your <laughs> Don't mom? Don't be in my house anymore. <laughs> so Dunkin' Donuts released their pumpkin flavored menu today. Actually, so fall came a little early for them. They um, they're offering pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin cream cold brew, as well as pumpkin donuts, muffins, and munchkins. Ooh, but I yeah. do like munchkins though. I like me a munchkin. Not munchkins about pumpkins. Are fun. Though. You can just throw them in your mouth. Yeah, you know it's just I mean? like they're poppable. Yes, yeah. I would agree. It's why I like nuggets. Just remember, I had that conversation with LZ about why I like chicken nuggets because it's poppable. You know. It's, <laughs> I'm a bullying person, but yeah. So not only do they have all this stuff going on with the pumpkin flavored, which I'm not a fan, they also introduced like new apple inclined um, things. So they have an apple cranberry refresher and an apple cranberry coconut refresher. Mm-hmm. That sounds really sugary. So now, I don't know if I'll. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it does sound like I'm good on coconut. Like you give me a Ooh. coconut refresher, anything, I'm good. Yo, this spot, like y'all know, I like me to drink. There's this co- uh, this spot here in downtown. They have a uh, rum coconut. They literally put the rum with the coconut water and mm-hmm. all, like all this stuff, and it's in it's in un coco. So you can be scooping. Oh, so it's in an actual. Yes. Coconut. Yes. Like I'm gonna send you guys a. No, no, no. Let me send you a picture. So it's. Oh my god, it's do so delicious. They put a straw in the coconut. They do. No, no. It, it, they don't chop it in half. They probably no, no, just right. cut but off the, the top, they right? Drill and, a and, hole like, in the coconut, it, right? And throw yeah. a straw yeah, down. Yeah. So it. they they like you know they cut it and then mm-hmm. they throw all that liquor in there and they give you a spoon and they give oh. you a straw. So you're sipping the alcohol, but you can also scoop the coconut as you're sipping the alcohol. That sounds yummy. It's so good. So so good. I like that. Greg, you like coconut? I do like the the baby po- coconuts that you can actually do what you're talking about. Not the flavor of coconut, like coconut-flavored candy, but co- real coconuts. Those are delicious. Yeah, coconut is very good for you. It's actually very healthy. Oh, it's God. very it's like healthy fats, kind of like avocado. So good. Uh, but clearly a lot more sugar. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, but but it is a healthy fat. Uh, all right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, Gregory, you uh, you have a proposition for yes. the Dodgers. Now, tell everyone, uh, we will, you can state your case here, basically. 
for your proposition for the Dodgers. Go ahead. So my case for the Dodgers is to when Julio Urias comes off of the IL to move him now to the bullpen. I've always been very, very against moving him to the to the closer role or to the bullpen in general because he's a starter. He wants to be a starter, and they're going to make. And he's been fantastic as a starter this year. But because you have Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, and Clayton Kershaw, we know cannot be in. Well, but is Clayton Kershaw going to be back, bro, or what? Yeah, Clayton Kershaw will be back. And and look, and if he's not, then Urias is definitely in the rotation. But you have to assume that Kershaw is going to be back. And he's not great in the bullpen. Now? Why? Why not wait until Kershaw's back? Because you want him to be ramped up. You want him to be ready to go for when it gets to the postseason. What are you going to do about that that spot in the rotation though? Right now, <laughs> we're not using. He's on the IL right now anyway. No, no, so you have David. Fr- you have David you, Price. So there. who are you putting? Who are you plugging in there? Are you just saying for the playoffs? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying for the, the playoffs. But when it gets, okay. but as of right now, you're hoping that these guys come back anyway. But you go to when Urias comes back, you put him into the bullpen now. Not only does it move Urias being ready to be in that role when it gets to the playoffs, it also gets Kenley Jansen ready to be in a different role so that he learns how to ramp himself up, like he always says he has to do in the ninth inning. It can mm. ramp himself up. Up to be in the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever it happens to be. Now, now I, I like that idea. I mean, listen, I proposed that a year ago, okay? And now I, I think, I, you know, Kaplan kind of nailed this the other day before I left town, which is like, I don't know if Dave would pull the trigger on that, Cap, right? Listen, I think Dave Roberts is an old school baseball guy. And I think this is, again, I think that Dave thinks that Kenley Jansen is his guy. And I understand he makes people nervous. And, you know, it's like the other night, was it was it last night, Greg, where he kind of he gave up a run? Yep, that was last uh, night. And, and it just makes people nervous. I get it. I actually like what you're pitching, no pun intended. I like the idea of, of saying, look, we think Jansen could be a good setup guy, and we think Urias might be a really good closer. And so the notion of giving him the opportunity to save games now to get himself into the right mental frame of mind, and you got to remember, when you're closing versus when you're starting, you got you. The day is completely different. You know, you're sitting out, you know, on the bench, or you're sitting in the bullpen for the entire game. It's getting late into the game. You got to ramp yourself up. You got to, you got to get your arm loose. You got to get your mind right. I mean, it is a completely different discipline, even though it's still just pitching. It is a whole different mindset. What your concept is, I think, is a good idea. The only issue I see right now is remember, we've talked about this. You know, Dustin May is gone for the year, and this happened way early. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has yet to come back. Urias right now is on the IL. I, I just think that by moving him out of the starting rotation when he comes back could be dangerous because then you're going to find yourself possibly without, I mean, you might be down to like four starters really. So they're doing a bullpen game tonight. They're doing a bullpen game tomorrow so they, that they can have Bueller, Scherzer, and Price pitch on the weekend. But this uh, Tony Gonsolin is supposed to be getting close to coming back, so that would be another guy you can throw in there. Um, Andre Jackson pitched really, really well in his debut, but he's also a young guy. There's, there's ways around things. Has he been called back things. up yet? I know uh, no, he has not, he, Yeah, he has not been called back up yet, but I would assume he will be called back up at some mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. and he pitched well. So I think the idea is more of so of this, is that when you're in the in the postseason, for the most part, you're probably going to have Bueller, Scherzer, Kershaw, one, two, three, in that order. 
and then you're going to have Urias be the four starter in a seven game series. But why only use him once when if you have Jansen or even if it's Trinan, but if it's most likely Jansen in the ninth inning, possibly blow a gem that he had, or you can have him pitch four games in that seven game series and not be wasting him for just a, a random spot start in the middle of the series. Listen, I think you're making a compelling case, okay? But I'm going to go back to Dave Roberts, and I'm going to say that that I don't know if Dave will pull the trigger on making this kind of a move unless Jansen completely implodes. Because how long ago was it? A few weeks ago where Jansen had, had like two straight blown saves right out of the All-Star break? Yeah, it was And since then... He's pretty much calmed down, right? I mean, there's well, not but, been but it, this, it has this been a monster. little bit of a roller coaster. Wait, wait. The the results have been better, but it has been a roller coaster with him still. He makes people nervous. I get it. I'm just saying that if you're Dave Roberts and you're an old school manager type of guy, until you see him completely blow up and you go, we just absolutely cannot. His performance has said that we cannot. I just think Dave will keep him in that role. I really do. He probably will because he's he. That's the type of guy is. But I don't think he'll keep him in the role of the closer. I think when it matters, we've talked about this before. When it matters, I think Dave will take him out of that spot. Now he might put Blake Trine in there, and if he puts Blake Trine in there, who's been fantastic uh, for a little while now, I think it's his last twenty three innings, he hasn't given up an earned run, so he's been great. So. I, Maybe that's the guy you go with, and he was a closer in Oakland, but I just feel like what we've seen from Urias in the postseason last year, what we've seen from him as a starter this year, it just makes, it to, to me at least, it makes the most sense get him ready to be in that role now because he's not going to be a starter in the postseason. Yeah, he's hearing all this, and he's going, hey, bro, I'm 25 years old, and uh, with the kind of season that I've had, and granted he's, he's on the IL right now, uh, the big money is waiting for me as a starter. Would you please stop, Greg Bergman? You're, you're hurting oh, he, my chances. He's please been, stop he, selling this. He was fantastic this whole year, and he's going to be fantastic next year and forever long we have him. And he's and Clayton Kershaw's in the last year of his deal. So there's all these opportunities for him to still be in the in the uh, in the rotation next year and beyond. We don't know if we're bringing back Scherzer. There's a lot of places for him to still be. It's just this year getting to that World Series, winning a World Series. Being a being a versatile piece of the bullpen and of the rotation, put him there now. Listen, if you're a team guy, and I'm guessing that he will be, if you're a team guy, you'll take on whatever role your team needs to to win. That's what we're talking about with Russell Westbrook. It's what we're talking about with uh, with Carmelo Anthony. It, it's it, you know certain guys have to take on different roles for a team to potentially win a championship. But everything you're talking about, Greg, while I think it actually has a lot of validity to it. I, I think everything you're selling is dependent on Kershaw coming back as Kershaw. Sure, of course. And if, and if right, Kershaw- and that's an assumption. Right. I mean, I'm a, my assumption, and it is totally my assumption, is that they're giving him just a little bit more time to just kind of ramp back up and because he had a long season. Last year was a very shortened season, and he was great in the playoffs. So he's been pitching pretty well to decent this whole year. Give him some time off and get him a couple starts right before the in, in September before the postseason starts. You're not going to put him in the in the bullpen. Kershaw will not be in the bullpen. No, it just no, does not right. work. Odias is more suited, is better. Correct. Suited. And look, I I do think he's got great stuff to be a closer. I, I mean, even in the short term, like I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, all right, coming up next, Kaplan is uh, beside himself on something about the Chargers. 
Paul Gutierrez just tweeted me uh, some video of Darren Waller catching a touchdown on the Rams today at, at this uh, joint practice. So we can get, dive into some of that stuff as well. Paul Gutierrez is the uh, Raiders uh, beat reporter for us here at ESPN. Apparently, he's in town and he's been listening to us. Thank you, Paul, for listening and sending that video. So let's dive into some football on the other side. Don't forget, big deal or no deal, everybody's favorite segment, the most listened to segment on the show at 630 is coming up as well. So stick around for all that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedan or Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. Play this. Put this up a little bit, Laura. Candy girl. <laughs> all my world. <laughs> so, well, Laura, I, you sent me this. I, Go I ahead. I forgot Cap, the words. Sorry. You know, I forgot the words. I, I got candy girl. You're all my world. You're <laughs> everything. Said, you know, I just I kind of I didn't really have the words there. After. I told Cap, if you're going to sing, sing with your chest, man. But yeah, yeah he didn't. Yeah, do it. But I, I kind of ran out of the words, you know. Oh, OK. Yeah. Laura, this picture you sent me of this coconut drink is pretty impressive. It's so good. Y'all don't even know. So good. When we can. And what's the name of the place? Downtown LA? It's called um, Caña Rumbar. It's literally like on Flower Street on the other side of what used to be Lux or whatever, the hotel, because mm-hmm. they just rebranded. Yeah, it's on that side. You you do have to have a membership to get in, so you can't just walk up to the bar. You got to pay a membership for the year, but it's so worth it. It's like, it's 50 bucks. And uh, yeah, they have cigars, so it's all rum. Oh, cigars. Mm-hmm. Oy. Yeah. No. You don't like cigars. Oh, God. Let me tell you something. Not my thing either, but, you know. All right. I don't smoke cigars. I don't don't smoke smoke stuff, but not that. Yeah, I do not smoke cigars. (laughs) And and listen, I know there's a lot of cigar smokers out there. People love cigars. There is – I'm trying to make a decision in my life. What is worse? The guy who smokes a cigar – now, look, I'm not talking indoors, but like, George, you were just in Vegas. You ever been in a casino in Vegas and there's a guy sitting at a blackjack table smoking a cigar and there's really nothing you can do because they allow no. people to smoke cigars inside. Yeah. Um, cigar smoking guy versus loud motorcycle guy. Who is more annoying of those two guys? Cigar smoking guy or loud motorcycle guy? What do you guys think? Um, I would say loud motorcycle guy only because... Um you, you know, you could always like walk away from the guy smoking. Like you can be, but loud motorcycle guy who just drives by and wants to crank his motorcycle the whole time. Every time he drives by your street, like there's not much you can do about that if he lives on your street. You know, loud motorcycle guy. It's like, bro, I got it. You know, you're happy with your bike. It looks really dope. I mean, you've put a lot of money into it. It's all chromed out. I got it. Okay, but it's so freaking loud, man. And then cigar smoking guy. I will just tell all cigar smoking guys, everybody around you is going to throw up at the smell of your cigar. I'm just telling you that right now. And you don't care. I know you don't care. It's okay. I got it. It's a little strong, everybody. I'm not a smoker. I'm not. a. I do you right. Whatever you want to do. I'm not. But like this place has a, a little lounge where you can smoke. I'm not throwing up. I've been there. They have a little nice fireplace. When oh, I, I went to Punta Cana, like. They smoke cigars. It's not a big. It's not that. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I can get away. I can get around from people who. Yeah. You know, I don't care. I mean, if you smoke, I mean, whatever. You know, 
Cigars are great anyway, so I'm not sure what the... Well, I don't know about great. I wouldn't go that far. I'm not not a cigar guy, but... Especially when you're on the golf course, a nice cigar. Yeah, that's perfect. I would only do it like when I did it in Punta Cana. Like I was like, oh, it's an experience, right? And then when I went to Cancun, there was like a a Cuban restaurant that had like Cuban cigars. I was like, oh, let me try that. But I'm not going to sit here wherever I'm at in LA and be like, oh, let me smoke a cigar. Like that's not... mm -mm. Yeah. I uh, by the way, Shohei Otani just hit his 40th home run of the season. What a guy's such a beast. He is a beast. He is, a beast. So good. He is an absolute yeah. beast, man. Guy's incredible. Yeah. He is he's just just an, yeah, incredible is the perfect word to describe him. But um yeah, I, I don't I'm okay with cigars. Like I mean whatever. I, I the the guy who drives and it doesn't have to be a motorcycle. It could be any vehicle, right? That just like he wants to the crazy mufflers, right? Like all that stuff. If they live on your block and that's what you're dealing with, that's what you're dealing with, bro. You know? I hate sitting in a restaurant with. though, like an outdoor restaurant and like somebody pulls up in a motorcycle and is just making so much noise with the motorcycle. Like, oh, dude, really? Like we yeah. all have to hear your motorcycle. Yeah. We got it. So I- I mentioned earlier Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for us at ESPN, sent me a video, and Darren Waller is uh, catching a touchdown there. So, Greg, I mean, look, Paul Gutierrez has covered the Raiders for a long time. Love I mean, he's, he's floating me these videos. Like, you're not feeling at least a little better? I mean, look, I love Darren Waller, too, and Paul is great at his job. But Darren Waller is is a hell of a tight end, and if anybody is looking, at a, looking for a tight end in their fantasy league, that's a good guy to get. So, yeah, Paul, I mean, I'm getting more excited by seeing these videos, that's for sure. Okay, there you go. Give me some Darren Waller all day. Now, now, Kaplan, you're all bent out of shape about something about the Chargers. What happened with the Chargers? Well, I don't know how bent out of shape I am. It just it just is irritating to me. Um, so, look, I, I saw this article yesterday in The Athletic. I don't know if you happen to catch up with this. And the headline was something along the, uh, the lines of, Dean Spanos is living the dream, you know? And it's like, okay, wait a second. Living the dream? You went from a city where you owned that city. You went from San Diego, where everything in sports revolved around the Chargers, to L.A., where everybody knows in L.A. it's Lakers, it's Dodgers. And then, by the way, when it comes to the NFL, it's probably Raiders, Rams, and then way, way, way in the back is the Chargers. Listen, I think Azusa Pacific football is ahead of of, of Charger football in L.A. Uh, but this, you? this no, you know what just irritates me though is that this I, I I hate this when writers do this, when writers put out these fluff pieces, you know. And my inbox was filled last night with people from all different walks of media who really know the inside story of how the Chargers left, why they left, what they weren't able to do, that they didn't have the money to contribute, and so on. That's living the dream. This notion of. He's joined the community. He's been very charitable around L.A. Okay, tell us more. What charities has he contributed to? How much money has he contributed? Don't just put out this line, he's been ultra uh, philanthropic around town. Give me more. It's such a throwaway thing to say, especially considering when your own family member, your sister, is trying to get you to sell the team because, according to her, you've committed millions and millions of dollars to uh, local charities and now can't, can't even give them the money. You know, when a local charity says, hey, we've got somebody who's giving us a million dollars, they plan that they're going to get that million dollars. Now, all of a sudden, they can't get that million dollars. So don't don't sell me on, oh, he's just so charitable and he's becoming such a member of the community. I need details. I don't need just lines. And I was really surprised that The Athletic was so not detailed about it and wrote such a fluff piece for these guys. So, yes, uh, as someone who is, and I will admit it, salty and scorned, 
about your favorite NFL team moving from your city. I got it. It's okay. I can I can accept that. Um, but when you're in a city for 50 years and you own that city, and and then all of a sudden because you don't have the cash to contribute and you're expecting the public to buy you a football stadium, and then you go up to LA where you're like you know, you're like the 12th member of the local sports community and you're playing in somebody else's stadium. Don't sell me on living the dream. That's a bunch of nonsense. I thought it was all fluff. Come on, athletic, do better, man. Um, I mean, you're literally ripping them for charity because they didn't have enough details in it. Yeah, though? that's right, George. Because you know what? To say that they're just that they're giving a lot of money to charity. Really? Can you substantiate that statement? Because the sister is trying to get the, the brother to sell the team because he's committed all these dollars to charities and now can't provide the charities with the dollars. Now, that's that's in court documents. So, you know, I mean, to say that, to say that I'm ripping them for being charitable, no, I'm not ripping them for being charitable. I'm ripping the writer for not giving any details. These are throwaway lines, you know, and, and look, I got it. I got it. I'm scorned. I'm salty. The, I told everybody when the, when the Chargers moved from San Diego to L.A., the number one thing you could do to be an anti-Charger fan is to become a Rams fan because both teams will battle for the same dollars in town. They'll battle for corporate dollars. They'll battle for season ticket dollars, et cetera, et cetera. So the way to be an anti-Charger fan is to be a pro-Rams fan. So, okay. look, salty to be sure. I got it. I got Laura it. thinks you're a hater. Well, I am a hater. Yeah. I am a hater. Like, she's a hater oh, But you on admit it. That's fine. I don't know. Right. Hey, LeBron. You are a hater LeBron, on LeBron. Whatever. Yes, you are. We're not getting into that conversation. Yes, you are. You sound like a big old hater. It's I am a big old hater. Tito. I am a big old hater. I'm a big old hater. That's right. That's right. It's so bad. Hey, hey, Laura, listen. If, the, if your favorite team moved out of your city, you'd probably be a hater, too. I don't know, because it hasn't happened. You know, the Lakers are here and the Dodgers are here. So yeah. That's right. And, it's and also the Chargers not true. are there. It's also not true because the Raiders have left me twice. So, Ooh, you know, and I'm still yeah, but, a Raider but when you fan. Say, but when you say the Raiders left you twice, you know, the Raiders, they were the Oakland Raiders. They came down to L.A. They went back up to Oakland. Now they've gone to Vegas. But you live in L.A. Yeah. So you, you, you're you a, a Raider fan yes, from afar. Sir. You're not a no. Raider fan from hometown. Mm. You don't think you don't think a lot it's of Oakland afar. fans I was are a Raider. Like when they were here, I was still a Raider fan, and everybody that is Raider fans here in LA, which there are a lot of, they are all Raider fans. Despite the fact that they went back up to Oakland, despite the fact that they went to Las Vegas, it has just because they leave your little town of San Diego doesn't mean you stop being fans of them. I know. Ooh, I love how you were like, like so I condescending that was dripping in condescension. So good. <laughs> so yeah. good. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, when you're Greg, team, you're on fire today. You are, I like you're that. having a good day. Other than working the phones, you're having a good day. Yeah, no, the no, phone that, that thing, the uh, poor guy Paul, yeah. you screwed yeah, him. Yeah, but yeah, other yeah. than that, you've been good today. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you guys got to understand, though. The, the reason is, is because I was in the middle of all of that. I saw it all go down, and it was nasty, and it was ugly, and it was all a bunch of nonsense and BS, and it was all just for... Uh, I mean, listen, the way that franchise literally like all over its city um the terrible terrible things that they let they did screw them there's no question no question you're right about that they did screw them you know and then to to say they're living the dream why because stan Kroenke built a six billion dollar super stadium they're living the dream because on sundays they get to decorate it like it's as if it's theirs so listen i just thought that the athletic piece yesterday was was missing a tremendous amount of detail it was very fluffy and that's what you do. I mean, you, you go out and you recruit. And not like members. the comedian Fluffy is what you're saying. Yeah. No, no, not like that.
No, it was okay. a fluff piece. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Fair enough. All right, who was the writer? Call him out, Kaplan. Go ahead, do you, the call you wanna, out. You want to know the funny part? Like about UFC this? style, do yeah, the call out. You don't out. even know. Wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You want to know the name of the writer? This do is the, actually, do the sports radio call out. This Go is ahead. actually very funny. The name yes. of the writer is Daniel Kaplan. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so my brother, my man, or Danielle Kaplan, my girl. I don't know, but uh, yeah, the writer's right. name was Kaplan. Okay, fair enough. Well, All right, coming you up think next, I'm going to miss a detail like that, girlfriend. Come on. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we've got everyone's favorite segment: Big Deal or No Deal, every day at six thirty. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get five dollars off any eight-corner pizza with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, there we go. Big deal or no deal. Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends, Sam and Ash at Sam and Ash Injury Law at 800 800- 304-2000, 800-304-2000, because you deserve what's right. By the way, I'm going to save the story of my downtown Vegas story with Sam and Ash uh, when I went to Vegas last uh, this past week. Uh, they took me out to an incredible place in downtown Vegas. Yes, I know you're saying, what? You went to downtown Vegas? Yes, and I'm going to tell you about it. We'll do it tomorrow because I want to I wanna be able to tell the full story, and I want people to chime in on it too. So. Are you with but Sam Greg, and what Ash? Are... Yes, Sam and Ash. Okay, uh, both of them. The three of us went to dinner. Nice. In Vegas. Um, all right, so, Greg, what do you got? All right, so this one's going to be very, very easy for you, Sedano. The great NBA reporter and Hall of Famer Jackie McMullen has announced oh, that she is retiring from ESPN at the end of the month. Yeah, is this August a 31st. big deal or no deal? It is a big deal. Jackie McMullen, as you mentioned, is a Hall of Famer. She is a pioneer uh, for women uh, in sports journalism, there's no question. She's also one of the kindest souls you will ever meet. Uh, when I first came on to the NBA Project, man, she was like one of the first people to reach out to me. George, what can you, what can I help you with? Whatever you need, dear. This, that, you know, like honestly, could like almost like a mom figure. You know what I'm saying? In a lot of ways, like a mama bear uh, to a lot of the young reporters uh, and people that work on NBA here at ESPN, and I, not just at ESPN, but across the board. I love Jackie McMullen. I've not only worked with her on NBA, but I've worked with her on Around the Horn. I love that she gets feisty and we can go back and forth on stuff. She's a, she's always got great one-liners to come back and, and kind of mess with you with. I will miss her tremendously, but I'm very happy for her that she has decided to call it quits and retire on her own terms. Yeah, I'll jump in here and say big deal as well, but I, I totally different perspective here. I do not know Jackie McMullen other than as a viewer of ESPN. So I don't have a personal relationship with Jackie. But for me, it's a big deal for this reason, George. You know, I look at media and I see people who I know well who never do retire. My, my dear friend Dick Emberg, God rest his soul, 81 years old when Dick died. And let me tell you something. He was still working at that point. You know, uh, I look at my friend Jim Lampley, who is pushing 70 years old. And Jim is going back to calling professional fights. And by the way, when he's not calling fights, he's actually a professor at his alma mater, the University of North Carolina. So many guys and women in the sports broadcasting and in the media business, they just never retire. 
they either just love what they do or frankly they just weren't they were never really good with money per se um so when somebody retires and goes out on their own terms particularly in this industry i applaud that i don't know jackie mcmullen other than being a viewer uh but i i congratulate her on her amazing career and and, and going out her own way i love it all right cool next all right, Cap. Daniel Craig has made a lot of money playing James Bond in other movies that he has been in. He's been he's being paid twenty five million dollars to do the next Bond, No Time to Die, for example. But in an inter- in an interview with Candace Magazine, he doesn't want to leave. He talks about how he doesn't want to leave money to his kids, mm-hmm. saying, "I don't want to leave great sums to the next generation. I yeah. think inheritance is quite distasteful. My yeah. philosophy is to get rid of it or give it away before you go." Is not giving your inheritance to your kids a big deal or no deal? Um, I'm going to say it's a big deal. He's not the only person that I've ever heard talk about this before. In fact, real quick personal story, but I have a friend of mine who's an older gentleman. He's actually battling Parkinson's disease right now. and He's been unbelievably successful in his life. And he's got these three kids, and he tells me all the time, I will not leave my children any money. And all of his kids are also, uh, well, two of his kids are very successful and one is not. Um, but my point is, is this, I will say to him, I'll be like, Dave, I think you're full of it. And I think you're lying. I think you're going to leave this money to your kids. And he's like, I don't care what you think. I'm not leaving him anything. And it's, it's really just because he gained all this wealth. He put his kids through college. They both got master's degrees. Uh, one of them has a PhD as a president of a university. He's like, I don't need to leave this money to them. I'm leaving this money to this organization and that organization and this hospital who got a prosthetic spine in my back. I mean, I've heard this from other very wealthy people that don't want to just hand off wealth. And so for me, um, it's kind of a big deal just having that philosophy because I think of it as if I were ultra wealthy, I would just want to take care of generations to come. But I don't have that problem right now, so I'm not in touch with that emotion. What do you think, George? Um, look, I, I mean, look, I, each and every day, okay, when I um, – Take a look at investments, finances, things like that. Look, I come from – it's funny you mention this, Greg, because, you know, I, I have been very conscious, right, of making sure that there are smart things in place financially, not only for myself as I get older, but really for my kids, right? And I also, even though they're very little, my thought process is always – I try to. I will try to teach these kids not only the value of money, which my parents taught me, and again, a completely different circumstance. You know, exiles, immigrants, right? Like it's just a different mentality. They couldn't teach me about four hundred one ks because they didn't know about four hundred one ks when they first started working when they moved to this country. You know, it wasn't until much later, late in their working lives or careers as an employee in different places, where they were able to get four hundred one k pension things like that. But you know, much later in life than I did. Um, but I do think that. I do think about that stuff on a daily basis, I tell you, Scott Kaplan, not even joking, that no, I, I do think it. of that on I a do. daily basis about making sure not only do I take care of me and my wife or whatever, but make sure that not only do I leave something for the kids, but explain to the kids what needs to happen. I do think the one thing we do really poorly in this country is we don't teach kids um, basics on finance, uh, money, math, uh, not math. Uh, well, math is part of it, right? But money, finance, just how to 
how to, how to write a check, how to balance a checkbook, how to balance an account. All those things should be done much earlier in life. I think we do a really terrible job at that in general. So that is very important to me. And again, those are not that my parents wouldn't have wanted to do that stuff for me, but they didn't have the means necessarily when I was growing up all the time. So I, I do think it is important. Like, I don't know what that relationship was like. But I, I think each and every day, how am I going to leave a better situation for my kids and better knowledge for my kids than I had at their age as they were growing up? You know, it's also interesting about this story about making all this money to make a movie and then to say, I'm not planning on leaving any of this to my kids. You know, anybody who's got a lot of money, I'm not in this position per se, but I know a lot of people that are and they tax preparation and and how to filter money from grandparents to children to grandchildren. I mean, it's an important part of what wealthy people deal with. Um, so for him to say, I'm not leaving anything to these guys, listen, it's like Warren Buffett, right? And, and so many others, you know, Bill Gates that are, are currently like trying to give money away as they're still alive, but preparing for when they're not. It's, it's super interesting to me how people see that differently. I think if you come from where I come from, where you don't come from any money, you're like, what do you mean you're not leaving me any money? You know, <laughs> but when you grow up privileged, you're like, okay, I've been given every opportunity and Mom or dad's not leaving it for me. All right, on to the next one. Greg, good job, man. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Sedano. Steve Cohen is the owner of the Mets, and yes, Cap, he was the guy. Oh, my God. He's so annoying, that guy. (laughs) And he was what? He was the guy that had to go into hiding a bit when the GameStop boom earlier this year. I know you love to say that all the time. So, But, yes, that is exactly the same guy, and he is kind of annoying. Well, he tweeted this this morning after the Mets dropped below 500. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. Is Cohen tweeting this, Sedano, a big deal or no deal? Yeah, it's a big deal, and he's a dope. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to put your damn phone down. I know he kind of, not deleted his account, but inactivated his account for a while. He needs to inactivate his account forever. How about that? Disagree. Um, I like it. I, I like when owners are uh, honest. And listen, um, I, I kind of thought it was interesting today. The Mets went out and beat the Giants, and it was a tight game, and they eventually came up huge with with their bats. Um, listen, he's a billionaire who bought himself a baseball team. He's active on social media. He's got some strong opinions. He's a fan. I kind of like it. I, Let I me like ask you a question, Scott Kaplan. If you yeah. were still, if you were playing football still, let's say you were on an NFL roster, you missed a kick. You yeah. want the owner tweeting about it? Oh, George. Let me tell you something, dude. Um, I can remember one of the lowest points of my entire college football career when I I remember in the newspaper there was uh, there were two stories. The kicker from Penn State missed a couple of field goals in a game, and I missed a couple of field goals in the game. Joe Paterno was in the newspaper saying, I support this guy. He's our go-to guy. My coach was in the newspaper saying, we're opening up the competition yet again. It sucked, man. It really did. Um, but it definitely you know, lit a fire. Um, right, but it's different now. Imagine from. that. Amplify that times a thousand with social media. Hey, listen, these guys are pros. They're getting paid a lot of money. This guy's the owner. He's got opinions. He's got social media accounts. And I kind of like the candor. Okay. On to the next one. 
All right, this one's a little bit more silly after all those serious topics. But according to TotalPass.com, which is one of those clickbait sites that make you uh, hit the next page after every single tiny, teeny, tiny paragraph. Anyway, it was about the reason that mosquitoes bite you. And they said that it was because of the color of the clothes that you're wearing and your body odor. Darker Darker colored clothes can attract mosquitoes and your odor can either repel or attract them depending on the microbes you produce. So, Scott? is now knowing this a big deal or no deal well it's kind of a big deal in that i want to know uh, what i should avoid so i don't have an odor by the way do i have an odor or do i have a smell you know because an odor makes me think odor, like I odor has a negative connotation right to it, I feel if like. i have yes. an odor i stink but if i give off a smell is that necessarily a bad thing because wouldn't you think that the mosquitoes would come to me because i'm nice and sweet because i smell good so if you could tell me thereafter what I should avoid so I don't have an odor so that the mosquitoes don't come to me. I'll make sure I try and do that. Getting mosquito bites is the worst. And I don't know about you guys, but lately it's been hot. It's been muggy. It's been humid. They're just everywhere all of a sudden. I haven't seen very many mosquitoes, at least not here. Um, but all right. Um, so... I- I forgot the specific question because I was worried about the odor versus the uh, smell thing. But go ahead. What is the specific question? The the specific question was that knowing now that you should not wear dark clothing and you should wear lighter clothing when you're going to see mosquitoes and that your odor can depend on whether or not they like you or not. Is knowing this a big deal or no deal? Uh, Yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to avoid I, – someone (laughs) – listen – you guys don't know mosquitoes, okay? You, Kaplan knows because he, he much like me, uh, you know, you guys merely adopt them occasionally. We were born in it, okay? So uh, if you know how to avoid mosquitoes, uh, trust me, you want to avoid mosquitoes. So, yes, big deal. All right, one more. Oh, I don't have another one. Okay, then no more. All right, <laughs> off, to the crazy. One. off to the next one. Crazy. Bicycle pants crazy. are back okay. in style. No, no, I just can't believe he says we don't have mosquitoes. I was so mad. I was like, okay, yeah, my legs will tell you otherwise. Okay, no, girl, it's it ain't the so same. Bad. I grew up in a swamp. Okay, like stop. No, they little ankle biters. Oh, oh dude, I know. So Recently, bad. I live near a lagoon, and it's been humid and more humid than normal. And I'm telling you, the other night I went out for a little walk, and I just got all bitten up. I yeah. must have an odor. Maybe. All right, coming up next, uh, Laura. <laughs> We were talking earlier about dudes who have loud cars, and Laura gave the line of the day in a text, and I need her to talk about this on the air. So you dudes with loud cars and mufflers, you're going to hear it straight from the lady of this show. That's coming up next here on Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. Sedano and Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. I am exhausted today. I got to be honest with you. But you guys have made the show uh, very easy today. So thank you guys. uh, Well, it's great to have you back, George. I got to tell you, man, because um, with you not being here and with me doing the show from home while in COVID quarantine, Mm. and, you know, Clinton Yates and I were at Rams camp about two weeks ago. It was the first time Clinton and I had ever been together in person. Mm -hmm. It just just makes things, uh, you know, and Greg was out of town, so we had Jesse Lopez in one day. We had... Uh, producer Lindsay in for a few days you know when we're just trying to keep it all together in the summer when people are taking vacations or working in other jobs it doesn't doesn't make things as uh as easy you you being back is a pleasure my brother 
Well, good. Uh, thank you. Um, real quick, uh, Laura, we were talking earlier. Now, Kaplan, you brought this up. Yeah. Of the, uh, you were talking about cigars versus dudes with loud cars or loud motorcycle, my bad. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I expanded that to, you know, the, the dudes with the mufflers, right? With the big mufflers, right. the cars mm-hmm. that are really loud and they live on your block and they just like speed through or just uh, their muffler, you know, makes crazy loud noise. Now, Laura, you had a funny line on text, okay? I did. <laughs> uh, about those dudes with those mufflers. Uh, and what was it you said? I said they have very small. Mm-hmm. Energy. Okay, now. Now, that's interesting because I've always heard. Um, now, I, I haven't heard that, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. But, like, I've always heard it. Kaplan, maybe you've heard this, right? Like, like people say that if you buy a cor- – like, a, a middle-aged dude buys a Corvette, he's um, – Got a well, that, not necessarily that, uh, oh. but or, but he is trying to make up for something uh, yeah. is basically what is happening. Now, perhaps that's the way one would interpret it, uh, <laughs> th- th- um, but he is overcompensating is the phrase I was looking for. Oh, okay. My bad. I yes. just blurt things out. You know yeah, me. you yeah. do, Cap. That's why I did the mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. Right. You didn't notice the whole we were trying to be subtle about all of this. Nah, nah, yeah. Forget subtleties, man. Yeah. Just be honest, you know? Yeah, yeah well, it's called I, got, so, I like my job. And FCC have, yeah. violations. Yes. So. Oh, please, now, give me a have you break. Heard, have you heard that about you know middle-aged men who buy Corvettes, right? Yes. So, um, so now, Laura, now you believe that's the thing? So a dude is overcompensating with his muffler for his... Mm-hmm. His muffler, if you're, you know... His I, other muffler, yes. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, look, I get it. I I love cars, but there's no need for that, all that extra stuff on your car. And I, sometimes when you see the guys get out of the car and you're like, oh, man, I get it. Or like on a truck, right? Like, ooh, I get it. Like, you just know. You just know. When Trust me, the ladies will agree with me. Even dudes will agree with I me. I agree with you. Are yeah. you kidding me? Forget about it. I was, I was. Uh, this is a couple of weeks ago. I'm down at the beach, right? And there's these guys that pull up and they've got these like Lamborghinis, you know? And uh, and they just park them there so that, that that people can walk by and like, ooh and ah, ooh, you got a Lamborghini. And I'm like, dude, um, I know why you have that car. You know, and and by the way, so does everybody else here. We all know why you have that car. It's to make up for. If you guys would prefer to say, mm-hmm, His um, I like to just, I just like to blurt things out. But that's what we all perceive. Just so you know, I mean, just mm-hmm. anybody who's got themselves one of these either super loud cars, super gi- ginormous, jacked up trucks, uh, crazy expensive sports cars. That's what we're all thinking. Just so you guys know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Laura, are you, is this, are you, do all your girlfriends believe this as well or no? For, well, okay, sidebar to the expensive car situation. I know a lot of the guys rent them, so they don't even know them, oh, but that's, that's the, whole the no, funny that's, part. That's, oh, the whole other that's thing. the funny oh. part. I know. Is, I remember. Is that these guys show up with these cars and it's like, uh huh, so uh, is, that, is that your car? And they're like, yeah, it's my car. Yeah, it no, is they for rent today them. anyway while I'm renting yeah. it. Yeah. I know I personally know some men who will rent an exotic car to take out a, a particular female, not on the first date, but just, and I'm like, why? Like, if you end up dating her, she's not going to know that's not your ride because you're not going to have it all the time. Yeah, that's pretty stupid, I think, yeah. personally. But know? that's a whole other thing. But yeah, like. Now, if me, you tell her, hey, I rented this car because I wanted to check it out or whatever, like, I thought it would be cool for us to go in this car, that's different. But if you're lying to her, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, my friends and I do think that. So, if you got, like, one of those, like, roof, roof, I hate those cars. Like, oh, Roof, just- <laughs> roof. I like that. That's a funny <laughs> way to call them. Cars that bark. 
Cars that bark Y'all like dogs. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey, let, me tell you, let, me, let, me, let me tell you guys a very quick story. Exactly. Yeah. You know, a little let me tell you a quick story. Though. So, so I got a buddy of mine. I've, told, I've, I've mentioned this guy before on the air, but this is a buddy of mine, my best friend from growing up. Grew up, I promise you guys, dirt, dirt, dirt poor. Okay? And he's got a roof roof? And, and he struck it gigantic rich. Oh, okay? okay. And he's got this mansion in Beverly Hills, and he lives next door to all these celebrities um, behind the gates of Mulholland Estates, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I go to his house one day, and he goes, go into my garage, check this out. And inside of his garage is a Lamborghini. And I said, what, what the hell, man? Because I just know it's not really his style. Well, somebody actually gave it to him as a gift. Because he made somebody else that much money that somebody thought that, hey, I'm giving him a gift and, and leased him a Lamborghini for a year. So he goes, get in. Let's go for a ride. I go, uh, no, no chance am I getting in this car. No way. I'm not getting into this car, pulling up to someplace and getting out and being seen in this car. It's just cheese, man. I mean, I get it. They're $100,000, dollars $500,000 cars. I get it. But I'm not getting into one of those things, and I'm not, I'm not showing up being seen in one of those things because exactly what I perceive, guys, for having those cars, all of a sudden I show up in one of those cars. Uh-uh, not happening. Okay. Fair not enough. my style. All right. Good. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, I just think you, you just got to roll with what you got. You know what I'm saying? And if if you got, like, enough, one of those, like, roof, roof, I hate those cars. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you got to roll with what you got, and if it's not enough, then, you know, Find someone who, who likes you for you. You know what I'm saying? That's what I say, you know? I, I, I had this conversation with, like, a buddy of mine, okay? Young, he's a young, young cat, um, friend of mine. He's 29 years old, okay? So I feel like I'm almost like big brother a little bit here. And I had this conversation with him. He was over my house. He was telling me a story about, like, his girlfriend or whatever. And, you know, this guy travels a lot for work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, bro, let me, let me say something to you. It, it, you know, you, I know you like this girl or whatever, but if, if she's giving you grief for what you're, you're doing your dream job. This guy literally is doing the job he wants to do for the rest of his life, okay? And I said, and if she, can't, if she gives you grief over that, she's not the right one. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to find someone who wants to share in your happiness when you are doing something that makes you happy. And that's the reality. So if you got to rent a car to, you know, make someone else happy, that ain't the right person. That's Amen. Solid so, advice. Um, you know what else is solid advice is that it's almost dinner time and it's National Fajita Day and maybe that's what I'm ooh, gonna kick today. Ooh, what's today? Today's Tuesday or is today Wednesday? What's today's? What what is today? Today's Wednesday. Oh, yes. so we missed Taco Tuesday. So is it? Yeah, fajita but that's Wednesday? perfect. You roll in from Taco Tuesday into National Fajita Day. I mean, fajitas? you know, mm, sounds good. Yeah, it does sound good. Chicken. You know, fajitas. you know what else would sound good tonight? Uh, seriously, because if you're a Dodger fan, you you, you finally got a crack tonight. The San Francisco Giants losing earlier in the day to the Mets opens. Oh, you're the door. still talking baseball? Okay, yeah. I was worried yeah. about what the hell you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, I'm bad. just, I, I'm just. <laughs> my, my, my final thought. This is a sports-related thought, believe it or not, is the Dodgers have an opportunity tonight because, as Greg has pointed out, there as much as the Dodgers have played well and have won, um, and minus all the injuries and everything else, they have not been able to catch up to the Giants, and the Giants winning or the Giants losing, rather, today, opens up just that, that slight little window to just gain a game. And so that's why tonight's game is so important for the Dodgers. Uh-oh, what happened? I figured it out. I 
figured it out. He's trying to jinx the Dodgers right now so he you can come hater. on tomorrow and say, oh, look what I said. Look what nope. I said. I nope. know what you're doing, Cap. No, you're wrong, I don't man. Like it. You're wrong. Now, I'm I am like a Charger you... hater. Laura has pointed that out. I admit it. I am not trying to avoid the, the truth there. I am a Charger hater. Um, but I'm observing the Dodgers. And, and he's tonight, just observing, I'm, Gregory. That's all. Just I'm an scared. observation. Yeah, me too. I'm scared because you too. know he's a Padres fan. Mm. Yeah, but I wish, I wish I was as like passionate of a Padres fan as you guys think I am. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a Padres fan because I was around the organization for 20 years. You sold it very well, Cap. So I don't know. Sold what? That you're a very big Padres fan. No, I don't really feel that I have. Mm, I think. No, you I don't really feel that way. Yeah. Um, but again, but again, Dodger observer. You know. So okay, let's see what happens well, tonight? Well, let's see how it rolls. How it rolls out. So Scott Kaplan, excellent work as always. Hey, George Sedano, great to have you back. Thank you, sir. Good to be back, uh, Gregory and Laura. Great job. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We will be back mañana. We'll see if Kaplan did jinx the Dodgers. All that coming up. Plus, I got another great Vegas story to tell. We'll talk to you about it tomorrow. 3.55 right here on 710 ESPN. See ya.